Touchdown turnover by Balco attend Federal Credit Union, the place where you belong. Better rates and better service. All right, Ben. Tonight is the start of the NFL season. The world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host the Dallas Cowboys. 820 on NBC. We get a good one. I don't know why Dallas is playing in this game, but uh, it'd be great to, to see a little Super Bowl uh, rematch. But, hey, Dallas, Dak Prescott, they got a lot of talent. Should be making a run in uh, the NFC East this year, so it's going to be a good one. The NFC least. That's true. That's true. It's the worst division in football. Touchdown turnover. Dallas. Dallas pulls off the upset tonight in Tampa Bay. Touchdown turnover. Uh, I say turnover. I, I just, I'm not going to pick against Tom Brady or the defending Super Bowl champs that returned all 22 starters <laughs> from a top 10 offensive offense and defense last season. So I, I'm just not picking against that. I, I'd rather pick that to win and be wrong then pick against that to win, or I guess pick them to lose and be wrong because then then you're thinking to yourself, you idiot! Why would you why would you pick against Tom Brady and a, a top ten Bucks offense from a year ago that returns everybody and a top ten Bucks defense from a year ago that returns everybody? I, I can sleep at night picking against the Cowboys and being wrong. I I can't sleep at night picking against Tom Brady and the Bucks. And being wrong, because then you just feel feel stupid. So uh, I say turnover. I, I think the Bucks win. It's a home game. Uh, Brady's always ready to go under the lights, and uh, I, I do hope the Bucks win. Not not a huge fan of Tom Brady or whatever, but uh, I can't stand the Cowboys. I like Dak Prescott. You know, fan of Tom Brady now. He's cool now. I mean, I I, I like him more than I did before, but I'm not. I, I wouldn't consider myself a, a Tom Brady fan. I'm not going and, and buying a a T-shirt with. Tom Brady inebriated on it from the Super Bowl party like Brad. I'm, I'm not doing all that. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't dislike him the way I used to. I, I, I like him, but this is the, the same team that has Antonio Brown on it. So, I'm like, I'm not going oh, about, yeah. the, about the books. Oh, yeah. Also, congratulations to the Ravens for ruining their season before it even started by, by adding that cancer Le'Veon Bell to the locker room. Yeah, well, he's definitely he's definitely cancer. Did they do it? Did they uh, sign him officially? Uh, I think he got signed. He he did get signed officially, but he's just on the practice squad for right now. Oh yeah, until so he learns to play book and all that good stuff. Maybe if he can stay off the weed. I I am interested to see how Dak plays tonight. Coming off of injury, yeah, I, I do I do really like Dak. I don't like the Cowboys, but I do like Dak. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. No, I'm going turnover, man. I'm going with I'm going with the Bucks, man. Tom Brady was looking looking good in preseason form. I mean, uh, midseason form already in preseason, and uh, until Tom Brady falls off, man, I'm rolling with I'm rolling with TB um, TB12. So I'm going turnover. The Cowboys will not be winning today. Not today. Ain't happening. Who do the the Bears play this weekend? The Rams. The Rams. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'd start Andy Dalton against them too. Let, let's not get Justin Fields killed in his first career game. 
what's crazy is like all the other rookies are starting. All the other rookies are starting, man. Like rookies on the Bears or the, all the other like rookie all the rookie, quarterbacks? All the rookie quarterbacks. Well, all the rookie quarterbacks don't have to face the best player in football game number one. <laughs> they don't That's have true. to face the guy that trains with knives game number one. That's true. <laughs> and, and do we need a reminder about the Bears' offensive line? It's trash. So <laughs> I, let, let's allow Andy Dalton to get killed. Game number one against against Aaron Donald, and then I I don't know if you know who the Bears play week two off the top of your head, but let, let's put Justin Fields in in that situation. Yeah, it's all right. My my Steelers are going to lose to the Bills. It is what it is. Yeah, we might be we might both be coming back here on on, on Monday or Tuesday talking about our teams being all one. Yeah, no, I I really do think that the the Bills will will win. It's an away game. Bills, one of the best teams in the AFC, one of the best teams in football. I, I think the the Rams are going to have a really special season as well. Matthew Stafford finally gets to play with a good football team, good organization, quite frankly. Yeah. Got some tools around him. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Finally. That defense has always been good for the Rams. Yeah. Finally. So... It, I, I am excited for NFL. Obviously, college football is, is always the main thing and will stay the main thing. As, uh, as, as the popular quote right now on Instagram is, keep the main thing the main thing. Uh, college football will always be the main thing, but I, I am excited about the NFL. I, I do love the NFL as well, so I'm excited it's back. You excited? Excited. You excited? You excited? Yeah, we, we're going to go down to Buffalo and Tell their ass to bring in the sissy blue shirts in, and we're going to whoop that ass. Sissy blue shirts. Hey, hey, look here, Buffalo. You bring your sissy blue shirt in here. Big Ben going to rock your world. Chase the Laypool. Yeah. Juju. Yeah. Deontay. That's going to be that's Deontay gonna, Johnson. That's going to be a good one, man. Whoop that trip. That's, that's going to be that's gonna be a good one, man. That's going to be a good game right there. Uh, 865-255-03. Let me hit up the, the text box. Dougie Fresh Vol. Ah, Swain, I'm a diehard Vols fan. I never miss a game. But I've never been to a game. I listen to you guys for two years now. I love your show. I travel. I'm usually out of town during the week, but I'm home every weekend. I take care of my family. And they are my fuel that keeps me going. If you have any tickets to any game at home, please keep me in mind. I want to go so bad. Love my Vols. Love your show. Keep up the good work. Go Vols, baby. Uh, thank you for send me a, send me an email, man. Go to the text box. I mean, go to the Swainvet app. Shoot me an email, man. Shoot, shoot me an email. See what we can do. See what we can do. Aaron on the text box says, "Any news on Byron Young? Can't wait to see one of the top edge rushers coming out of junior college and his pass rush ability." No, no, <sighs> no news on Byron Young. Uh, Tennessee hopes to hear back from the NCAA within 24 to 48 hours of Hypel speaking on the SEC teleconference at noon yesterday. So no update on Byron Young, no update on Tyon Evans. I know we're getting a lot of Tyon Evans questions. No update on Tyon. We'll see if uh, Hypel offers up an update this morning. He's set to, to meet with the media for the final time this week at 
11 o'clock. So we'll see if he offers any updates. I, I doubt he does. Doesn't want to give Pitt any type of advantage. But no updates as of right now. What you what about? Because this, I mean, this this young man doesn't hundred percent know if he's going to play in this game or not, and this is a huge game. And it's not even his fault that his eligibility is in question. That that's the stupid part. But the NCAA is going to NCAA. It's it's just baffling to me that adults at a prep school can sell a bill of goods to Byron Young, and, and this was 2017. I, I, I would imagine coming out of high school because prep school is like a – it's what Jordan Bowden did. It's like kind of like a, a fifth year of, of high school, right? I'm not too familiar with the prep school scene. Forgive me. Man, I, I, I would imagine just like it's just like high school. It's just taking a, a year. Well, so, so, I, I remember Jonathan Heffney went to prep school. So Some people go to prep school like as a fifth year of high school. I, I believe that's what Jordan Bowden did. Okay. Uh, I'm a little fuzzy. I, I am too. I'm, I'm not clear on how the whole prep school thing works. I, I know some people go to prep schools like their senior year of high school as their fourth year. But I, I've also, I believe I've heard of it, it, it playing as like a fifth year of high school as, as well. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But regardless of, of that or not. I mean, this, this school, the, these adults sold a young Byron Young on a bill of goods there in South Alabama around the Mobile area, this, this wannabe IMG Academy, and it goes under after two games. It goes under financially after two games. Uh, Bishop Sycamore? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It, it's the Alabama version of, of Bishop Sycamore. How, how, is, how are we holding Byron Young at fault? When it, A, wasn't his fault, adults misled him, misled a kid. B, it's not like it was Division One level football. That's the, other, that's the main thing I don't get. It wasn't D1 football. It wasn't D2. It wasn't D3. It wasn't even really college football. So how does that affect his eligibility? Yeah, this is, this is, and it's from 2017. This is an easy ruler, man. You, you couldn't have punished him when he was at Georgia Military College? Yeah, this is this is a or hard grave, whichever one he went to. Yeah, this this should be a easy, easy solution. This should be easy, but man, you know the NCAA man, they they never make anything easy. It's always it's always hard, and it's always last last minute. So, um, hope that answers your question there on the text box. Uh, Raleigh Vall says, Callaway plan? That is the plan. Good to have him back. Because I think he is Tennessee's second or third best receiver and Mm -hmm. uh, has the talent to be the best receiver on Tennessee's team. Uh, We'll we'll see how he's used and how he plays, but um, he's he's good, man. He's good. It would be good to have him back. Yeah, one of the the top four – at minimum, I, I kind of group the four at the top, and then I think there's a drop off after Valus, Callaway, Tillman, Hyatt. So it, it's kind of those four. I kind of view all four as starters. 
just kind of depends on, I guess, the formation and where each guy is each week, whether it be injuries or maturity level. or There's still some young guys that Tennessee is dealing with and trying to get to understand the rigors of playing college football at a high level. Uh, Jay Waller, looks like this is Jay Waller TN, says, thoughts on Phil Kneeling Fun happening on Twitter? Uh, I don't know much about it. I saw it, but um, – I don't have any thoughts because I don't have enough information to to give an opinion. I just I just kind of saw what was going on uh, on Twitter, but didn't really dive in to to learn more. Um, somebody wants to educate me, uh, then I possibly could have a thought or two. Let's see. Chip Payne says, "Have you seen the linebacker from from Fordham who had thirty tackles against Nebraska over the weekend? Thirty tackles, good lord! That's a lot of tackles for one player in a single game." Ryan Green Hagen is his name. No, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. What have you seen? I saw Tennessee play Bowling Green. I saw a lot of football games. Um, but I'm sorry I didn't pay attention to Fordham playing in Nebraska. You I, didn't watch that from start to finish? I'm I'm cool with not watching Nebraska play football this year. Yeah. It was all over the headlines, but I get it. Uh, John in Asheville says, do we see Beckwith this week? He has a better chance this week than he did last week. We'll say that. We will say that. I'm not for for sure. I think his chances are better. Uh, ATL VFL said, did Aaron Willis get in? Um... I want to say we. I want to say he saw some action. I want to say he saw some action. Absolutely, that's uh, that's awesome. Chip Payne says, "Does Juwan Mitchell not getting a single tackle worry you about him in the rest of the season?" No, no, that doesn't worry me for the for, you know the rest of the season. Uh, I know those guys at linebacker rotated in and out, um, but he's going to be important. So this is the first game. This is the first game that a lot of players are going to be judged, that we're going to find out a lot about. Big-time players step up in these type of games. This is a big non-conference game. I don't put a ton of stock in you know, Bowling Green games and games against you know, ETSU and Tennessee Tech. But players create their legacy by playing in games like this and what they do in games like this. Simple as that. We know that. We know that. I got a print right here. That legendary play, Joey Kent's company. You know what the print is? It's a print of Joey's touchdown, catch and run, first play of the game, against Alabama in 1995. Ain't signed it for me, man. It's special. But you don't see any prints on there from Tennessee football game from the Tennessee Tech game <laughs> man did you see what you see that game that print the guy made a play against ETSU I don't know I've already asked Joey if he could make a print for me detailing Joe Milton's touchdown to Cedric Tillman no Gonna it's about big up. games hang, hang up in my office big games big games so here's Jawan Mitchell's opportunity Here's, you know, 
Jabari Small's opportunities, offensive line, Joe Milton. I mean, countless individual players. This is your opportunity to to make your name. Elante Taylor, Trevon Flowers, you know, P.L. Jackson had a great first week. He's doing a great job getting a lot of praise. But what are you going to do in games like this? That's the question. Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna stand out? Swain Event, Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10, right here. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. When you see the happy face on our truck, you'll be smiling because you'll know that you're in love. At Hiller, we care about your family's comfort all year long. If you get caught without air conditioning this summer, we're offering a free service call with any repair. That's a free service call when we do the work on your HVAC system. Visit happyhiller.com to schedule your appointment today. Call the happy face truck today. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes.
Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. Hope you are having a great Thursday. And we almost there. We are almost there. I am excited for Saturday's game. As I said at the top of the show, excited to, to learn a lot about this football team. Because we are going to learn a lot about this football team this Saturday. First formidable opponent. Either going to make you feel real good going into Florida or real bad going into that Florida game. Because I'm telling oh, you, that's right. Florida is beatable. They are. They are. They really are. I watched. I mentioned I watched Kentucky and Louisiana Monroe yesterday. I watched Florida FAU uh, the, the day before, earlier this week. And I'm, I'm not going to pick Tennessee to beat Florida. Do not get that mistaken. <laughs> I, I, you, you can't trust Tennessee right now, unfortunately. But Florida's got some issues. Florida is not the Florida team that, that we are used to. They, they will go win eight, nine games. But I, I don't think they're a 10-win football team. I, I don't. I, I think I, I want to see Kentucky against Missouri. But I I. I I think I like Kentucky over Florida right now, coming up here in uh, in a couple of weeks. I think that's week three, if, if I'm not mistaken. I, I like Kentucky in that football game as of right now. I'm just not impressed at all with Emory Jones, and I don't understand why people continue to drool over him. They don't have any playmakers at receiver. They have a nice little running game. They, they have some backs, Malik Davis, Damian Pierce. They, they, they do have a nice running game. Emory Jones can make plays with his legs. Anthony Richardson can as well. They're all line solid, lack playmakers. The, the defense lacks depth. They have Zach Carter rushing the passer and another guy or two, but it, it is not the Florida defense littered with talent that we've become used to. So uh, I, I think Tennessee can, can maybe spark some confidence going into that game with, with a strong showing this weekend. I got a question for you, Ben. Just for you, Ben. Question for you. i you first. And then, and then we'll pose this question to, to our listeners as well. Um, my question to you, Ben, is who continues their high-level play from game one? So who played well in game one that you feel will – have another high-level performance, good performance, Saturday against Pittsburgh. So who played well against Bowling Green that you are confident will do the same thing against Pittsburgh? Matthew Butler. Matthew Butler is is my answer. He, I think he only, the, the stats don't do him justice for, for the job that he did against Bowling Green. I mean, he was constantly pushing the pocket, constantly disrupting the running game, the passing game, doing things that don't show up on the stat sheet. That, that's why it's so hard to, to evaluate defensive linemen uh, because with receivers and, and running backs, quarterbacks, their stats do tell more of a story than an O-lineman, D-lineman, D uh, even at – at linebacker, I mean, a linebacker can have a bunch of tackles but not necessarily play well, just kind of 
being happened to be in the right spot at the right time, but they could technically still have a rough game despite having eight, nine, ten tackles or whatever. It's hard to evaluate defensive backs mm-hmm. um, just because you don't know their assignments, and that's kind of that next level of understanding football than just simply watching a football game on a broadcast. And, and Matthew Butler did those things that, that don't show up on the stat sheet, but I guarantee you got himself a good grade under Rodney Garner and checked off a lot of Coach Garner's boxes uh, in, in terms of, again, just disrupting the pocket, disrupting the, the running game, uh, taking up blocks, uh, pushing his blocks out of the way to, to disrupt plays. Uh, so I, I think Matthew Butler – played really well against Bowling Green. I, I thought I thought he looked really, really, really good. And uh this this Pittsburgh O line is is an O line that, that has some veterans on it for sure. Uh it it goes from left to right, senior, 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 junior, senior. Uh so we we talked about this earlier in the week. They they are experienced, but they're they're not the most talented offensive line in the world. They they were fourteenth out of sixteenth 14th out of 16 teams last year, the ACC in rushing. So it's not a O-line that, that's going to to dominate Tennessee. I, w- I would be very surprised and disappointed if, if Pitt's O-line pushed Tennessee around. Uh, but I think Matthew Butler's going to have a, a really strong game. Uh, I, I don't think Pitt's O-line is, is a strength, and, and Matthew Butler should take advantage of that. You're going to think that I this is a cop-out answer. Chase McGrath. I mean, he, he was one for one. I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll be kicking some field goals. No, that's actually a pretty good one. That's actually a pretty good one. I, I'll, I'll be cool kicking some field goals. Extra points. Yes. I, I'd also settle for a field goal, then no points. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Because kicking a field goal can be a good thing or a bad thing. It can be a bad thing. We we, we need to revisit that comment in hindsight. It can be a bad thing if the other team is scoring touchdowns. Yes. Um, But if they're not scoring touchdowns and and you're at least getting some points up on the board, I'll take them. Yeah. It's a weird dynamic. You're going to think I'm taking the um, easy way out on this one. But let me explain. I'm going with Theo Jackson. The reason why I'm going with Theo Jackson is not because if you had a game ball to give anyone from last week, it probably would go to him um, because, you know, he played at an extremely high level and the stats speak for themselves. But I'm looking at the position that he plays and I'm looking at the fact that he's going to be in a position to impact in two phases of the football game um, as the punt returner for, for Tennessee. And I understand, like, he is – He's no Valus Jones when it comes to speed and quickness, but he is playing against a Pittsburgh program where he should be able to make some make some plays. Uh, I'm not saying Pittsburgh is like some super slow Big Ten team, but they really did come from the Big Ten. They just play in the ACC. They're they're not slow, yeah, but they don't have a ton of speed. Theo Jackson should make some plays um, in the punt return game as a returner and as as a star position player. He's a guy that's going to be in the box against the running game. He's going to be a guy uh, that's going to be asked to blitz. Uh, we saw how Sean Schamberger, when he played the similar position 
uh, under Coach Pruitt, how he did a really good job of getting to the backfield, supporting in the running game, and also making plays in the pass game. You know, I feel like Theo is going to be a very important piece in making sure um, that Pickett uh, doesn't get too loose uh, when he runs the football, um, does a good job of stopping the run. I just think Theo's going to be put in position to make a lot of plays. So I will pick Theo is the guy that will continue their high-level play from game one to game two um, in game two versus Pitt. I know it's a cop-out, man. I don't but think it's a cop-out. It's, 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 I, don't, I don't think it is an easy selection because Theo hasn't proven a, a level of consistency yet. So you don't know what Theo is going to show up. Well, I do know what what what, what uh, his defensive coordinator said about him, and like I know I know what you mean as far as consistency as a career year to year. But you know, Banks talked about how Theo has been at this level since they got here, since the spring, yes, since since they got here. Heupel said that a ton too. Yeah, so he, like he's had a lot of coaches. Martinez has said that. Banks has said that. Heupel has said it. Teammates have said it. Yeah, and when I talk about. The whole gamer, oh, you know, it's a gamer. Gamer, people just expect that like, that's frequent. It's not frequent. It happens like every once in a while, a special uh, circumstance where a player practices like trash, but he plays like, like He-Man. Like that doesn't happen a lot. What you see more frequently are cases like Theo Jackson. There's no surprise that Theo Jackson is playing the way he's playing so far because he's done it consistently since spring. And I trust Theo because he's done it for months and months and months and how he's carried himself like a like a pro, even though he's not in the NFL. It's a way you carry yourself with your preparation. Uh, it's the way that you go about your business, the maturity level, being being early to meetings, not just on time, but being early to meetings, staying late, leading, the energy that you show. Like, all that stuff matters. And for multiple coaches to highlight him – he has to be doing all the things that I just mentioned. And I just think mentally he's going to be prepared to to show out uh, and play at a high level. So, yeah, on, on top of what he did last game, I'm looking at the comments that we continue to hear from coaches about his consistency. I'm going with Theo. Yeah, and I thought Josh Eipel gave him the ultimate compliment last night on vol calls when he was asked uh, about Theo and what has led to Theo having such a great opener against Bowling Green and uh, there being a lot of buzz around his name, Josh Heupel said that he got a chance to meet Theo's family after the game against Bowling Green and uh, was was speaking with his mom, and, and Heupel told Theo's mom that Theo is the epitome of a vault. Like everything that a vol should represent is is Theo right now, and I, I thought that was just the ultimate compliment for for Theo Jackson. That that I, I know if I were in Theo's shoes, I mean that that would put make put me on top of the world. I, I I'd feel like I would have the the world at my hands if if my head coach was was telling my mom that I I was the epitome of of what he wants in a vol, man, that 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 would be really cool. I think the only thing that could top that is is by being a captain, which Theo was. <laughs> the, Theo was a captain, so I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's 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 high praise right there, man. I bet Mama's smiling ear to ear. 
Yeah, there were some. Very uh, proud. Yeah, there's some some cool tidbits on vol calls last night. Not to change the the topic. No, go for it. No, uh, let's change it from from Theo. No, but, go ahead. Uh, Mike Eckler stole the show, uh, and and he he gets a late attaboy and. Kudos to to Brent Hubbs for for noticing this after the vol walk. Were were y'all out there for the pregame show? Kind of as the vol walk was was wrapping up. No, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't see the vol walk. I did see. Um, I saw the band walk over uh, the bridge over over there by the. How do you the new pedestri- pedestrian uh, yeah, bridge? Yeah, yeah. So they so they walked down pedestrian walkway. Um, and then uh, I didn't see the players though. I got you. Well, at some point. Brent Hub saw Mike Eckler walk back out of the stadium after the vol walk, and Hubs asked Eckler about it last night, and Eckler said that for, for many, many years, I think 18, don't quote me on that though, but for, for many, many years, Mike Eckler has been getting the players to sign a hat, and after the at Tennessee, it's the ball walk, but other places after the team has walked into the stadium or whatever, Eckler takes that hat that the players signed and takes it back outside and finds a little kid to give it to. That's awesome. So I, I thought that was uh, really cool. Mike Eckler also spoke very highly of Josh Heupel. He gets it. Which, which he has. He, he's made these comments that I'm about to share before, but, but they're still – they're still significant to me, so I thought it was worth sharing again uh, last night when I tweeted them out uh, on Vol Calls. He said, one thing I can say about Josh Heupel is that he's the same guy he was when he started, when he started coaching. A lot of guys get caught up in their success. He never has. He's the same. Uh, that that stood out to me because you and I have had many conversations on this show about <laughs> coaches changing when they become head coach and, mm-hmm. and the pressure of the job getting to them. Now, mm-hmm. Just to play devil's advocate, Josh Heupel hasn't been in a job or a spot that, that has the type of pressure that a, a place like Tennessee has. So hopefully uh, he, he keeps that same mindset. And then the other thing he said about Josh Heupel uh, was, was that he told him years ago that he was going to finish his career with Josh Heupel. That Mike Eckler told Josh Heupel that he was targeting him because he wanted to, to finish his career with him. Uh, Josh has always developed quarterbacks, and if you want to win, you better have a quarterback. That's what I want to be a part of. Yeah, that's cool. I do remember that being said um, during the summer. But a guy like Eckler gets it. He gets it. He's he's been inside this conference before. He was at Georgia. He gets it. He understands how these fans are when it comes to their players and especially how these kids look up to the players. Not saying that they don't look up to the players at other schools, but – um, Eckler, Eckler gets it, man. It's really we're we're fortunate to have someone like that, and he's the he's the juice man with the staff. You know, when we had Tyler Barron and Kay Mays on Tennessee Prime uh, on Tuesday, you know, they talked about Eckler. You know, Kate is on offense, well, Eckler's you know on defensive coach, but still, man, you get you get that juice guy um, in the locker room, getting everyone going. Um, for us, that was that was. Um, Kurt Roper, who went on to be offense coordinator at Florida and offense coordinator at South Carolina, long-time assistant under Coach Cut, but he was a running back coach for us. And so he was our juice guy in the locker room. He, he used to get us fired up. So um, it's good to have a person on your staff that, that brings that to the locker room before game. All right, let's get to the phones. Iris 
Network's hotline. Let's bring in Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning. Hang on a second. Good morning. I'm hitting the button. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I've had you on speakerphone so I could hear you, and I'm trying to hit the mute button over there and get you back off speakerphone. Sound flushed. Uh, we got it. We finally touched down. I've uh, uh, been enjoying that Tuesday night prime. I really have been enjoying that. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, I want to share that. I do enjoy that tremendously. Thank you so much for doing it and being a part of it. Um, a couple of things I was going to, I was going to ask uh, about. Did you ever find out why the wide receivers appeared to be more open in the middle? Are they? Are they just having the quarterback focus on one side uh, and look for the receivers and opening on one side and not the whole field? Is it uh, is it just uh, limiting the quarterback to one one area right now, or is it what's the deal with the open field? It seemed to be a lot. I heard. I heard well, they were open because Bowling Green did a pissy job with guarding the receivers. Well, we had talked earlier in the week about if if Milton. Is is taught to to only look at one side of the field. Yeah, I understand. And I I have, quite frankly, not asked. So I I, I still don't know the answer to that question, Turkey Man. Okay, okay. I was wondering because you know they could uh, they could add to uh, to that too. So I I didn't know that for sure. The other thing I was going to ask about uh, what coach was it that uh, but head butted player? I seen I seen the blood come down. Or whatever happened. What happened with that? I missed that. Eckler. You may have mentioned it. I thought that was who you was talking about. What do you do? Headbutt a player? Yeah, I never got the full story either because um, I wasn't watching the, the broadcast. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I I think he just headbutted a player. I, I don't know what player, but I think he just grabbed him. Maybe somebody else can provide context for us. But uh, <laughs> I think he just grabbed the player and headbutted him. Well, blood was running right down his nose. <laughs> he looked, he looked he like he'd been in battle. The other thing, I, I was wondering, maybe you guys go over this. When you kick off now with this new rules that they've got going, and does the ball need to be, be fielded to, to down on, 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 on the kickoff? Uh, because a lot of times I see them come on and move on and, uh, I wondered what he made it in the end zone or what it did, but uh, talk about the the what you have to do uh, in the new kickoff deal because it goes out to the what's twenty five mm-hmm. if you uh, don't run it out. Also, is it just me, or do we not need to start fielding punts a little better? Uh, and instead of letting it bounce around and and fire catch them, and uh, what's your take on that? Um, I I didn't think the I didn't think the the, the uh, punt return was was bad last week. Obviously, you want to catch everything, but sometimes um, there's 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 your coach. There's a coach that uh, assigned to different parts of the special teams unit. Okay, and so in this case. Punt return. So who I don't know if that's Cody Burns or if that's running backs coach. I I don't know exactly which coaches assigned to the returns. But would it not be Eckler since he's a special teams guy? 
No, like different. The whole staff has a piece of the special teams, but the punt returner has his own coach. So, like, you know, when I was, when I was a punt returner, like Trooper would be back there working with the returners. Um, you know, Jay Graham I've seen back there, and so like you have a coach that works. Uh, specifically with the returners, you have other coaches that work in different parts of special teams. So they can work with the gunners. Usually DB coaches work with the gunners because it's about getting off press and um, things like that. So um, I don't know who works with the returners um, um, specifically, but whoever is during the game when – the punt returner runs out on the football field, or if he's already out there because he plays defense, that coach usually tells the returner where to line up based on the film that you have watched on the punter and how far he can kick it. So if you're dealing with a punter that can boom it, you know, 60 yards, he has that type of ability, you're not going to line you know, the, the punt returner 40 yards deep because he just kick it over your head and you lose field position. So it varies from game to game based on the punter that you're going up against. So that coach is going to line you up. You, you will see, like, next time, you know, you're watching a game at the game, when it's, when it's fourth down and Tennessee's getting ready to receive, look at the sideline, look where Theo Jackson or the punt returner is, and look straight to the sideline. Where he is, look to straight to the sideline and see what coach – is right there communicating with him. That's that's usually the guy. And so, um, with that being the first game of the season, I you know, I don't know if that punter from Bowling Green was was back from last season, but regardless, it's still the first game. Sometimes, you know, the coach can can misjudge a little bit. Well sometimes you can misjudge it. What you don't want is the ball to bounce um, you know, past you and you give up 10, 15, 20 yards. Rolled. But sometimes Sometimes it's best to get out of the way because if the ball bounces and it's coming really fast at you, the last thing you want is the ball to hit you. So it, it's it's a judgment call in a split second, and um, it it happens fast. So I didn't th- I didn't see a ball where Theo let bounce where I was like, oh yeah, that was bad. I, I didn't see that. There's you know, one it that bounced sideways. There's one that Trayvon let roll because they they threw Trayvon into the mix uh, as as well. It, they let Theo go out there for like the first two or three, and then they let Trayvon Flowers go out there for the next mm-hmm. two or three. And there was one that Flowers let roll 10, 15 yards, and he should have picked it up. Yeah, that's, he, a, that's he, a no-no. Yes. And, and he was – I mean, he, he did the whole body language thing of like, damn, damn it, I, I should have yeah. picked it up. Yep, yep. So the, the, I, I do remember thinking in live time, I, other than the, the, the Flowers example – and I don't even know exactly which one that was. I, I remember like there being two, maybe three, that I was like, dang, I wish they would have picked that one up because they, they let it roll. But uh, to your point about needing to be a, a have good judgment in those situations, whether to, to pick it up or, or let it roll, uh, Hypo said on, on last week's SEC teleconference going into the opener, that Flowers and Jackson were listed as kind of the guys back there at punt return uh, because they trust them catching the ball, even as simple as that sounds. That is the the main objective uh, as a punt returner. But then also that they are good at judging those 50-50 balls on whether or not to, to pick it up or whether or not to let it roll. So that that is that's that's why you see them back there because Hype will trust them to to catch it and, and to judge those fifty fifty balls. 
865 Good job, Benjamin. Benjamin, that's what Big Orange Mac would say. The Swain event is fueled by Dead End Barbecue. 865 Network Hotline. Stay with us. Be right back. For what is coming up on the Swain event. Hey there, Swain event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. 
They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit. You get confused. You don't understand why. You start to ask questions. But really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what? Alright, time for for what? Ben, man, you got some for what's over there? Oh, I do. Hand out I some have, warts. Uh, I have a wart. And uh, as as Charlemagne the God would say, we need to call Dog the Bounty Hunter to the front of the congregation today. Because Dog the Bounty Hunter. Get it again. Oh, buddy, is he? Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter. Was 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 caught using the N word again? Well, he, he's this is his excuse for why he uh, he used it. Another excuse. Yeah. Uh, he said, "I thought I had a pass in the black tribe to use the N word." A pass, kind of like Eminem. Eminem. Dog, the bounty hunter says he has a pass to use the N word. Eminem don't even. I ain't never heard Eminem even use it like that. Eminem, no, I, I, Eminem I, knows I, better. Yeah, I can't think of a single Eminem song that has <laughs> the no. uh, him saying uh, the the N word. But dog, no pass, man. the the bounty hunter has been wrapped up in plenty of scandals in his life. Uh, famously catching heat after using the N-word in a leaked phone call, which led to the cancellation of his television show. Uh, his daughter recently has also come out saying her father was racist and used homophobic language in a lengthy post. Uh, in a new sit-down interview with Entertainment Tonight, the former television star expresses that he thought he had a past to use the word, comparing himself to Eminem and saying he has more black friends than Eminem. That's the foot right there. I That's the thought, biggest for what? It's the fact that he thought he had a pass and comparing himself to Eminem. Yeah, yeah. And saying he got, yo. Oh, this is what they always do, man. Oh, friends. I got friends. I got friends. Oh, man. All right. I, I, dude, I forgot about Bowder Hunter, man. I, th- I, did I, too thought, I, I forgot he existed, man, to that story. So, uh, bad boy. Bad boy, old dog, the bounty hunter. When you put him on there, I knew. Like, I was wondering if it had something to do with that, because it's like the first time. Whatever, man. 2021, 865-255-03. Hour three is coming up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Closer and closer and closer and closer to NFL football tonight and closer to Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and college football uh, weekend 
guess you can say what number two, number three, whatever. Just another good weekend. College football is around the corner. Swain event hour three is around the corner as well. Stay with us.